Greetings everyone, this is Bobby Vaughn Jr. with A Call to Actions. Today is podcast episode number 18, and we are with an individual known as Mr. Scott. He's worked in the telecom industry for a very long time. He is currently working on installing 5G arrays, the 5G networks, and he is also a truth seeker, and because of his truth seeking, he will be giving us key details and inside information on how 5G actually works and what the frequencies are, etc., etc. Um, Mr. Scott, as I'll call you, Mr. Scott, but I'll uh, I'll be calling you Scott. Thank you for being here, and I'm um, looking forward to this. How's it going? Uh, not too bad. Beautiful day in my area. Good time for these kind of discussions. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't watch TV too much, but you don't have to watch TV necessarily to see that the 5G industry is really at its, I'd say, it, it has been birthed right now. Uh, it's no longer uh, an embryo in the womb. It's 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 real. It's happening. It's giving giving off electromagnetic frequencies, though starting from the very beginning. I'd say how how did you get into the five G industry, and uh, what do you know about the frequency bands that it's working on? How did I get into it? Well, I guess it started off when I got into the telecom industry over twenty years ago. Um, uh, started off actually back in the days of the very first generation and uh, I was uh, working on some of the systems on the uh, first generation telecom and I've seen it grow through the entire industry uh, 2G, 3G, 4G and uh, now with the start off of what we are now calling the 5G technology. Now 5G there's a lot a whole lot of misinformation and myth about it. Some of it true, some of it totally not true. So uh, being hands-on, uh, seeing it grow, gives a very different perspective. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I've seen frequencies in the range of you know, 2.4 gigahertz up to how high do the, does the frequency go? In North America, the highest frequencies that I know of, uh, there is very, very few that are in the 39 gigahertz. 28 is the highest, most common, the 28 gigahertz frequency. Um, the, and it's all actually easy to be found, uh, if you know the links, to Wikipedia. They actually publish uh, all this stuff there. I'll send you the link later. Um but to gain coverage, uh, the project I'm working on claims to be the biggest carrier in the country. And uh, by doing so, they're misleading the public. They're misleading it because some 5G really isn't 5G at all. It's uh, what we call aggregated frequencies. Aggregated frequencies is when they take all the existing frequencies and intermingle them so your phone can bounce between whichever frequency has the most available bandwidth on it. Whichever frequency is going to be the fastest, your phone can bounce around to. Um, and they can call that 5G because it changes your speeds. And it's totally not. So how this works, just a little bit of the physical background to it. At every cell site and everyone's phones, your phones work on average of uh, three to six different bands. And all these bands that are broadcast from the site come down into the, uh, the shelter at the base of the, the tower, monopole, building, whatever it is. 
and there's a, uh, a baseband unit where all the baseband's all the frequency bands go into uh, basically collected into the pipe that can go out as a fiber optic signal, transmit or receive from the site before it goes to the antennas. If they interlink all the baseband units, so the phone can then bounce around to whatever the easiest frequency is, they're claiming it to be 5G through DASS, distributed spectrum sharing. So some of this, uh, AT&T uses it, actually. Um, they, in June, they started doing this. Uh, they also use um, the N5 frequency. N, by the way, N stands for 5G in bands. There's many, many different bands of frequencies, but the N band uh, starts from N1 all the way up to N95, uh, worldwide frequencies, and then there's some higher ones, uh, N257, N258, and all that. Um, in your chat window, you'll see the, the link in there. Uh, so when they do this, the distributed spectrum sharing, they can claim 5G, but it actually isn't at all. Um, the most common one is a 3500 megahertz frequency, which you can actually tell on any job site, any, sorry, job site, <laughs> my lingo, um, any tower or monopole, because physically the antenna is different for anything above 3,000 megahertz. It looks visibly different. Anything below 3,000, the 2.5, um, 2.5, 2.3, uh, 600 band, 850 band, they all can be linked right into the existing cell sites, so you won't know the difference, and it can be theoretically broadcasting 5G at a very low band, same as all the other frequencies are. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I've not heard necessarily of the aggregated frequencies. I have, I have heard of you know phones attempting to tap into the most reliable connection. Um, or um, even sometimes you can you can add or say uh, combine say a um, a certain frequency with another frequency to to get the best connection. But um, yeah. you're I think uh, that's something that's interesting to know is the claim that five G and, and one thing that people need to know is five G is not five um, five gigahertz. It's fifth generation. Thank you. That's a big, big difference. Yeah. People get far too often. I was talking to someone else earlier today on that, and there's a, um, a safe coalition for children or something like this, and they're talking about the 5 gigahertz, but it's not. It's a fifth generation. It is a thing. It is a group of frequencies that creates a technology. Um so being that 3,500 is the most common, 2,500 is one of the next ones. Um, in, in the U.S., uh, very few people actually use the 3,500. The 2.5 is used by T-Mobile, and the 28 gigahertz is used by Verizon and uh, T-Mobile C-Spire. I guess they're one of these as well. 28 gigahertz, that just seems like a lot of electromagnetic frequencies um especially when just holding it up to your your head because most people hold their phone up to their head and you know you're hitting a cellular antenna that's giving off you know these amount of, of frequencies you know historically electromagnetic radiation has been studied and it, it's caused it's uh it's been shown to cause cancer-like mm -hmm. symptoms um, in um, you know, exposed cells. So, how how strong is the fifth generation five G as compared to four G? Well, a lot of this is kind of hard to tell because uh, with the aggregated frequencies uh, and with the the spectrum sharing, it fluctuates a lot depending on number of users, uh, population density, uh, elevation of the antenna, uh, and going into what you're talking about, the 28 gig, 
Um, the 28 gigahertz is interesting because uh, the higher the frequency, the shorter the distance of transmission, except if you need to get, uh, if your target has a, uh, a different kind of footprint, uh, one of them I'm working on right now is at a uh, sports area, uh, a large uh, sporting event area. And uh, we're putting up all 5G bands on this uh, one site. And the 28 gig, we actually can't get because uh, uh, they're not even, the, the units aren't even available anymore. They've been rolled out where they can be. And we're waiting on the order of new pieces, uh, new hardware to come in. But if they're going to go any distance, like uh, um, a quarter mile, there's two ways to do it. Uh, or a half mile, you have to put in multiple antennas or you can raise the power level to the capacity of the antenna, the max capacity of the antenna. In that case, we have to consider the height of the, of the antenna versus uh, where the human uh, bodies would be. What is the density at the closest area? And uh, what is the gain of the antenna uh, to make a measurable power level? Uh, a lot of factors going into it, um, but from my personal testing, I don't want to be in close range in front of them when they're on, and I won't let my workers do that either because uh, near field and far field, when workers are there working near it, they would be right closer to the antennas in the near field range. Um, and to understand that first before we go into the next, um, it's like, Say if you have sound waves from a speaker, when you're too close to it, you might just hear a buzz. When you're a far distance away, you can actually hear the sound of the music. In this case here, the antenna can't even create the waveform until it has left the antenna. It is, say, a meter away or so before it, the waveform actually starts to begin to form. And as a broadcast out, it uh, forms a clear waveform for everything to pick up. So when you're within uh, three to six feet of the antenna, you're within near field, and it is pure energy. That's the hot zone. Nobody can get to that. And if you do, you don't want to be there. Oh. Uh, measuring out further into the waveform, uh, within the first uh, uh, reasonable signal level, uh, which is all measurable, it's just different. There's a lot of factors to calculate out to to figure frequency power levels. Hmm. When installing these on places where the public would congregate, or where there be a uh, where there would be a group of people, is there a safe zone? And hmm. Is the public generally informed on that safe zone? Yes and no. <laughs> um, for the frequencies below the 3.5, uh, whether it's uh, 3G, 4G, um, 5G up to the 2.5 range, there's a rule of thumb. Uh, this goes to the RF engineering. The rule of thumb is basically um, six feet up and six feet out. If you're to draw an imaginary box below an antenna, uh, six feet high and six feet out, wherever this box is below the antenna, at a 45 degree angle broadcast coming down from the antenna, that it cannot reach within this imaginary box which means the antenna has to be uh, 12 feet off the ground or more uh, because if uh, there's a 45-degree signal coming off of that, it works out to be approximately that. Um, again, it has to be measured. If it is anything below that factor, uh, signs are put up. Uh, on rooftops, which lots of rooftops, we have installed hundreds of signs on the back of antennas. And there's multiple different signs that goes on there. Um, uh, danger, high frequency zone, uh, one meter setback, two meter setback. Um, 
even on doors of uh, rooftops, when you get to the top of the building, there's a door on, or a sign on the door before you leave the building, warning of radio frequencies in the area. Um, even if all the signs are up there, the servicemen who go up, um, air conditioning people, roofers, uh, spectators to go watch fireworks, they have to be aware of these things, and that's why we're supposed to be putting signs up. Although I've heard of uh, some places, there's not near enough effort being put in to warning the public about these uh, RF levels. Yeah, thank, thanks for that. Yeah, that reminds me of when we lived in California. There was a church that, of course, because it's a church and it it has to keep keep its roof over over the uh, over the people's head, right? The way that they made money was they rented space for a a couple of cell towers disguised as other things. Uh, one of those uh, disguises was a pine tree. It was a cell tower actually disguised as a pine tree. And the other was built in to what looked like a a drainage system connected to the roof. Kind of looked like a gutter kind of system. And with that, necessarily, we didn't see any notifications that they were even there. I mean, we, of course, we've seen the the base station. I guess that's what you'd call it, saying that you know, you, you know just giving us a little warning of uh, electromagnetic radiation. Though most people just driving by or any any individual say we found we found a uh, a homeless person sleeping under the tower one day and told them that they need to probably move on. Um, and we actually wrote up flyers and put them on the church members' cars, letting them know that there are these uh, these antennas like near the actual sanctuary. Uh, I really doubt the preacher uh, let them know, but um, we sat down and had an interview uh, just off the record with the preacher, and <clears throat> he claimed when he started preaching at that church they had to excavate the walls because millions of bees were dead on the <clears throat> on the inside of the walls by the fake pine trees that were actually cellular antennas and um, yeah I could see definitely what you're talking about with some people and some companies just don't go to that extra extra level on informing the public on the dangers and especially you know disguising these these towers as other things is that common um for, in your area uh just 10 minutes down the road from where i live they're uh, actively building what we call a monopine instead of a monopole which is the the uh, tall slender pole that the telecom antennas are on they're nicknamed monopines there's a number of them in my area here. Uh, shrouding, I have about uh, $75,000 of shroud coming in on Wednesday. Uh, it's to be a, a giant false top of a building. Um, there's new technology coming out that's uh, highly reflective. Um, don't have the name in front of me, but uh, it, it's actually a very cool product. It uh, is almost like an invisibility film. Uh, that goes over antennas, pipes, walls. It makes it appear like it's invisible. Shrouding is a very big thing. Uh, I sent a crew to a church the other day. They go to the roof, they go into the steeple, and that's where the antennas are kept, inside the steeple, inside crosses, inside automall signs. Um, it's about making it pleasing to the public. If they're hidden away, it's pleasing and the public never questions anything that they don't see. Uh, oftentimes, shrouding is even only halfway, uh, so the antennas stick above it, but nobody asks what that is. Nobody asks what a part of an antenna is. They don't see all the radio system at the base of the antennas, because now radios 
they're all put out right close to the antenna. The radios are no longer in the radio room in the shelter down below. The radios are all up top, uh, re RRUs, remote radio units, and they're put at the base of the antennas, but they're all hidden away. And that is very, very common. Do you do you have an issue with the shrouding at a certain level? Is there any type of shrouding that you feel is just deceptive, deceiving? Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's an interesting question because uh, a lot of times it is. Um, there's ones we call, uh, we nickname it China hats. Yes, it's not very appropriate naming, but it's because it's a round uh, cylinder and on the top it has the uh, hat looking thing, uh, like on um, vents, cylinders uh, for venting out fumes of buildings. And uh, it's a very common one put up. Um, the backside of it has a door that opens and uh, the antennas are all hidden inside there. Driving by on the street, you would just look up and just go, oh, uh, that's something interesting. There are lots of little uh, chimneys up top, and it's all antennas up there. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's kind of odd. Um, the reflective film, which hasn't yet been used in, in my area, but it's definitely been used in the U.K. a lot, uh, and even in the States, they're starting to use it, and... Uh, that's something interesting where you can hide stuff in plain sight. Um, in Las Vegas, right across from Treasure Island, there's a huge fault top to a building, and it's fabric all the way around. When the sun shines on it just the right way, you can kind of see through it. Yeah, it looks like a part of a building, but it's just hiding all the equipment up there. Disneyland is the same thing. You'll walk through Disneyland, and no matter where you look, it looks so peaceful. There's not a single antenna around. But you think of the population in there, and you look at everyone on their phones, I'll guarantee you that's one of the hottest places ever when it comes to RF because of the amount of people who are in there recording, they're transmitting, they're on YouTube, they're on uh, FaceTiming. That signal comes from somewhere. Yeah. And, and it's all hidden within the buildings. Yeah. And I would guarantee you, in order for Disneyland to keep it so peaceful, there are no warning signs throughout. They're not going to. They would, they would hide an antenna inside of a goofy statue, right? And... You know, say if you knew that that antenna was inside of that goofy statue, you see a guy on his phone leaning up against the statue thinking he's just chilling on his phone. Um, little does he know he's probably in a, a really hot um, electromagnetically electromagnetic radiation zone. Yeah, there's, there's good chances that there's a... A lot of hot zones. Well, you can't make it known down there because you you can't break the fantasy. Disneyland is all magic and fantasy. And uh, like when I say magic, magic is only there um, if you don't know the uh, truth behind it. If you, once you know the truth, magic is no longer magical. And uh, <laughs> that's exactly what a lot of this is. Uh, we work magic stuff all the time when it comes to this. Um Except for the one myth that's out there about these things popping up overnight. No, people don't make this stuff happen overnight. Uh, you can't go in and pop up a tower or a monopole overnight. There's lots of work and planning going into it. Uh, and very rarely do people actually work at night except emergency calls. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm glad you, you touched on that a little bit because there are probably some people that are out there thinking, oh, they wait till everybody's asleep and they send a small <laughs> crew in and uh, pop these things up. Um, yeah, I've heard of that. And it kind of makes me laugh because it's just nowadays logic and reason has slipped people's minds and uh, they're willing to jump on anything to create their own conspiracy theory. Um, but truth being out there, no, 
it's too dangerous. This stuff is very dangerous to put up because you're working at heights. Uh, you're working with very uh, delicate equipment, and you have to have light to see that in. Are there any tests when you guys go up and, and um, install these antenna arrays? Uh, do you Are there any frequency tests before it goes live? And I guess playing off of that, you know, if there are any tests, have any tests gone wrong? Mm. <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, so if you were to look top down on every site, go aerial view top down, uh, there's three sectors to every site. Rule of thumb. Uh, sector one, two, and three. And sector one is usually uh, the first antenna past north, roughly 40 degrees, uh, 180 degrees, and 270 makes the three sectors. And when you have multiple frequencies in here, uh, occasionally that can get mixed up and then sorting it out so the rate broadcast in the right direction can be exceptionally challenging and there's been times we've had uh, crews uh, driving around doing drive testing and guys up on the tower guys in the shelter trying to work things out uh, and sort it out and it's one of them was on a hospital for children imagine that and it took the longest time to sort it out that's just karma if you ask me um testing of them uh we do all kinds of quality tests uh, fiber optic tests, DC tests, um, signal level tests, but that's usually not when the people are up there. Uh, when the guys are working there, they do all the equipment testing and that's before it goes live. And we pull them off once it goes live. So we don't have the guys working up there usually when it's uh, going live. Although I could send you videos of guys working around everything while it's live and, uh, changing all the live equipment and uh, that's always fun i've had uh, a number of guys including myself get some fairly significant rf burns and uh my right thumb would uh for quite some time years ago probably started uh gotta think back around 2006 or something like that 2004 2006 i got a pretty significant rf burn and with dc combined and uh, for the next 10 years, every uh, winter season, when your hands get dry, the one spot of the RF burn would get calloused up and break open and bleed. And it would take three weeks, three weeks to a month to heal up. And finally, after probably 10 years of this, it's, 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 it stopped. Other uh, people have got burns right through the, uh, uh, their, uh, between the finger and the thumb where you grab a cable. They've gotten burnt on that. Um, Overexposure while working on while it's live. Uh, guys have gotten sick from overexposure. And it's that's actually not uncommon. Um, but the workers are usually young, vital, healthy, very, very active. So they would be the strongest link in anybody who would be working around these types of uh, equipment. So a lot of times people say, well, workers can't be around that. Well, they are, and they're the best of the best. So if they were to get sick by RF, a random normal person with a, uh, a very average immune system or compromised immune system um, has a much higher chance of getting sick than any of the workers would. That, that's great information there. Uh, it leads to so many other questions as well. One one thing I I heard you mention was installing antennas on a children's hospital, which I mean that's just one example of. Of course, it's a, it's a commercial facility, it's a facility that needs connectivity uh, in order to you know keep children healthy have you noticed a larger rollout of the 5g antennas during covid19 the coronavirus and have you seen it more on hospitals than you've seen in a long time or is that something that's a myth 
interesting. Okay. First off, uh, the 5G planning has been in effect and been building uh, long, uh, long since uh, or previous to the COVID-19 became public. Now, I use the wording carefully. Before the COVID-19 became public, because the planning of the COVID-19 also goes way back. Um, so the 5G rollout, has it been coincidental at the same time because uh, the 4G has ran its course and the techno technology has just grown at a similar coincidental time as COVID did? That I can't really answer because I don't know enough history about both events, the COVID-19 uh, buildup and uh, rollout and the 5G. Now, I know when the 5G started, basically what it comes down to is, uh, <laughs> now without opening the can of worms too much, um, 5G has been in play in planning for years. And it just has come to fruition and it's been rolled out uh, recently, um, you know, starting in China, uh, starting in Europe, coming to the U.S. and Canada uh, more and more. Um, as far as on hospitals and that, I wouldn't say it's been on hospitals any more than any other buildings. Because what they do is go to where the population density is. That's where the money is. Remember? always follow the money. So wherever the population density is, this is where the money is. So whether it's um, New York, Dallas, uh, LA, the downtown area where there's the greatest population is where the first rollout should be uh, played out as a business sense. And if you think about it as, uh, uh, as a business, that's the best choice. Um, in the places where there's high population density, there is also hospitals. There is also many other high-rise buildings. So if you were to um, select a certain other building, say a stadium, has it been rolled out in stadiums more? The answer also would be yes, because that's also where lots of people congregate. Hospitals, stadiums, everything. So I would say yes, in that case, it's a myth. But on the note of hospitals... There is something new that's been happening um, in the last three years, I think. Um, DAS, Distributed Antenna Systems. Now, DAS, um, the interesting thing about that is in, in uh, courthouses, um, hospitals, any other large buildings like this, and it, it's even similar in hotels, but they use Wi-Fi, many other large buildings of this sort uses DAS systems. We've put them in hospitals, we've put them in uh, courthouses, we've put them in malls, shopping malls, lots of shopping malls have this ready. Um, so the interesting thing about that is there's a head-end room, like there's an electrical room, but it's a telco room. All the carriers in that area who partake in this build bring all their fiber optics and their baseband equipment into one room. Then from there, throughout the entire uh, shopping mall, um, let me pick on one I know of, Woodfield Mall in Chicago. It's huge. So in there, I don't know the story behind it, but I would expect if I was to plan one there, there would be a one head-end room. Because that mall has three different levels and multiple different wings, all carriers aren't going to run their all their own entire system. So all the carriers put all their signals into one pipe, one coax cables, and run it the length of the mall with dropping off to antennas all the way down through the mall. So in a mall that size, uh, you could have upwards of... Um, 75 to 125 and uh, small antennas, low power antennas, all within the mall. And each one of those could cross boundaries of all carriers. So that's different. 
Yeah. And th- those antennas throughout the mall, um, I assume they would be shrouded and there would be no warning sign probably, right? Um, they don't even have to because they're built to look like a fire alarm, um, a, a sprinkler head. They're disguised in the way that they're built. Uh, if you had a fire alarm in your uh, in your house, it looks very similar to that, and it's an antenna. It just has a hole that goes through the drywall to the ceiling where it attaches to the cable and to the trunk system. Um, they're low power, but still, it's just more EMF out there. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And the shrouding, in my opinion, is something that's really interesting. It's something that I, I actually want to talk more about. Um, as a you know, different from what we've talked about already, the different shrouds. You know, you know, we've already talked about. Um, we know that they're in church steeples. We know they're in crosses. Um, really doing a disservice, in my opinion, to. Um, uh, the Holy Spirit at that point is just, you know, pure deception. Um, but, you know, you I, have, have, I have purposely, before you go on, yeah. I have purposely declined jobs because I will not build on a church. I agree. It is absolutely disrespectful. And I have uh, quoted on them and I've thrown my numbers way high so I would not win the job because uh, that's just wrong. Simply, it's wrong. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. And um, so, and also you're saying uh, fire sprinklers, fire alarms. If you can, what are some other just common and uncommon objects that we as the public could look for to where these 5G antennas are being shrouded as? Where What type of items actually could be 5G antennas out there? Um, hold on. I'm just pulling up one of my, uh, one of my clients right here and I'll see if I can, uh, put up a listing of them. Um, mind you, they make so much stuff. It might be hard for me to find this telecommunications. Um, ah, yeah, take your time. So, yeah. It's, it's all going to be edited anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm pulling up the brochure on this, and uh, I'm seeing the top of a building that looks like a lighthouse on the side of a barn silo. They're completely painted in uh, to appear like bricks. Um, an entire fault building, um, you name it. It can take it can take on the shape of almost anything you could think of. Bell towers. I've worked on clock towers architectural uh, structures, parapets around penthouses uh, or the top of a building, the parapet, mm, chimneys, um, even like just a stick off the top of a building that looks like a lightning rod can actually be a whip antenna. Uh, so it, uh, it can take on almost any shape you can dream of. That's so interesting. And I, I would assume that certain clients would would request certain types of antennas say say if you're in a a region that's known for um yachts or you know being a harbor then you could really easily get away with sticking a 5g antenna in like you said a little lighthouse because people are familiar with those lighthouses and they think it's just a normal decoration or what popped into my head right there is a boathouse at the end of a pier and there's a sail a architectural design that looks like a structure in a sail but there's many antennas on it and nobody even understands what they are they don't even look at them because they're it looks like just part of a sailboat yeah, we've really opened up a good can here. <laughs> I I appreciate this. Um, that's something that's really uh, really interesting to me because I, I like uncovering mysteries, and I can tell you know you're um, you're an uncoverer, uh, an investigator yourself. Uh, this is uh, for me. I, I don't know that this is surprising because 
it's routine for me. Uh, this is just part of what I do. So if I'm talking to you and you do find it interesting, definitely let me know. Mm -hmm. are, are there any type of 5G an antennas that are installed within people's houses? Or, or let me say this. In residential apartment complexes, uh, one, one thing that I've learned over the years is the 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 lower class and the poor are usually targeted and just kind of set off to the side. So within these apartment complexes, what would residents of the apartment complexes look for in order to know that they're actually looking at 5G antennas rather than just some no ordinary decoration or part of the building? Hmm. Uh, that can be difficult uh, uh, because a lot of times these are put in places where people can't access them. Um, now, when I say that, I'm talking about the general run-of-the-mill people who actually follow rules and do what they're told and don't go in places they're told not to because there's always, there's oftentimes signs um, Authorized personnel only. That keeps people out. Uh, high warning, high voltage. That's an easy one that keeps people out. Um, and they don't go there because there's a sign that says don't go there. Uh, shrouding. Obviously, if they're shrouding, they're shrouding there for a reason. If the building uh, randomly changes and they're not sure why it changes, it might be of interest. Outside of that, um, the 3.5 antenna uh, and anything higher like the 28 gig antenna really requires a proper a line of sight. That means where you it has to be visible from the antenna to the receiver. The people who receive it has to be a clear line of sight. So if you're on the ground and you're receiving the signal, you have to be able to see the antenna. Key point. It, the 3.5, the 28 gig, and around there, they appear different. It is very square boxy, and this is Ericsson and Nokia and Huawei, and all the ones are the same here. Um, they're very square boxy, and they're much fatter, thicker. And the way to tell that this is the true 5G, the bottom of the antenna does not have the series of black cables coming off of it. Panel antennas usually have 12 black cables coming off the bottom of the antenna. Those are the coax cables that carry the RF signal into it, whereas the 5G antenna, 3.5 and greater, the radio is built into the antenna in one single box. So the only cables going into it is a power cable and fiber optic cables. All the action happens inside of it after that point. So that is a visible telltale sign that is different than all the regular run-of-the-mill, lower-frequency stuff. What type of applications would this, the lower frequencies be used for? And then the, the 28 gigahertz, what makes... Why would someone want to use 28 gigahertz uh, antennas? And, and are they... Can you change the frequency on these things? Good question. One, um, lower frequencies are much more useful in lower density areas, uh, lower population areas, because uh, the 600 is a common uh, 5G signal now. And because it's, it's a lower frequency, the wave is much larger. It travels further. So when you have one cell site, uh, you don't necessarily need more cell sites within the next uh, three miles, five miles all the way around it because it has a big footprint. Um, the lower population means you're not going to have the same number of users on it. You get a, uh, a much broader coverage for a less dollar value. So it's really easy and much cheaper to put in the 600 band, the 2.5 band, uh, some people use the 850 band, uh, and they just change the cabling system inside the baseband unit 
to make it operate on 5G. And it's actually pretty simple to set it up that way. Um, so you get a longer signal, uh, a lower density of people, and you still get the capacity of those people. Now, when you go to a high density area, a football stadium, a shopping mall area, um, a place where there's, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, major intersections where lots and lots of people travel through a uh, um, really populated area. That's where the high frequencies come in, 3.5 and greater, because you get a much, much, much larger capacity of users on the high frequency. So if you had three antennas of the 28 gig, you could probably get three, 400 users all on at the same time. And when you think of it, that's actually quite a few people in a, a simple area. Some, sometimes you might even get more than that, depending on uh, uh, how it's how it's wired in. Um, uh, the number of them, you, usually they don't even put that many. Now there's something we haven't even touched on yet. Um, yes, sir. Similar frequencies, similar frequencies, but it's called uh, massive multi-memo. It looks the same, but internally it is completely different. It's the same boxy type antenna, uh, like the 3.5 antenna, except inside of it, it has the equivalent of 64 antennas in one. And with that, um, if you think of it as an entire grid, you can power up some and less on others. And you can change the beam to follow a user, beam forming, beam tracking. And that way, if you have uh, uh, truckers who uh, are driving down the road, uh, it can track the truck from the left side to the right side of the footprint of the antenna and give that trucker 100% high capacity the entire way. If there's a, <laughs> here's the interesting thing to bring up. If there's a riot, like we've seen lots of riots lately, and lots and lots and lots of people are congregated in one area, the uh, carrier can have beam tracking and beam forming and follow all those users at once and allow them all signal. On top of that, and this is what boggles my mind, why nothing this technology is not being used for our safety and our benefit, uh, 4G, LTE, 5G, and everything to do with all these signals now uh, are going all data. The UMTS, the previous legacy frequencies of voice calls, um, they were not data. That was a legacy stuff where uh, it could not be stored near as easy as data can. We're all on computers. We all have computers. We all uh, see a program, you save a program. Like this, uh, this call is being recorded in a data format. You're not using a, an old school cassette. Imagine how many cassettes you'd have to have. Being it's in data, they can track all the calls, all the pictures, all the videos. All of this stuff can be tracked and stored. Actually, in Utah, there's a center that is so freaking large, it is like an entire city of its own, and is considered data warehousing. In the data warehousing, uh, like any computer system, uh, whenever there's any kind of failures, it has to be immediately rectified. It is tracked in a three-dimensional format, and uh, people go on segways, cruising through the warehouse, uh, driving for almost a mile to get to it sometimes uh, to find where the trouble is because they store that vast amount of data. I don't even know what it's measured in. Um, and and talking everything about we say, everything we do can be uh, trapped and recorded. Yeah, you're talking about data transmissions that are on a millimeter type of scale, uh, microwave. And that's something that we... Yeah, we haven't talked about is is the new 5G actually being on a, a microwave scale, uh, millimeter wave scale, um, and 
like you said, like you said, one thing I want to talk about it just quickly. We got about about ten more minutes left. Is the effects of of microwaves on on people? Uh, have you personally noticed more work related injuries? since your team has started rolling out 5G as opposed to the latter years of telecom? Um, I wouldn't say a whole lot more. So as far as the 5G goes and the um, uh, more frequent uh, injuries and uh, responses from the field, not enough of the high frequency. We actually haven't worked on enough of the high frequency to note that. Uh, but as far as testing goes, I've personally gone out there and I've personally tested it. And uh, I will say that the RF meters do go off a lot faster uh, with the uh, two, the uh, new uh, 5G frequencies. That I will say. I have personally experienced overexposure far too many times to count. Um, and uh, now... I don't even go to the cell site if I can help it because I am affected so fast that I apparently I've become very electrosensitive towards it. Um, can it have effects? Absolutely it can. But who is selected to get cancer? We don't know. I don't know if it's in the genetics of the person to get cancer. I don't know if it's in the genetics that a person can get uh, asthma or if it's something that uh, just happens. The same thing with the electromagnetic um, sensitivity. Each body is created differently. And so you may feel it um, before I do. I may feel it before you do. But in general, the number of frequencies, the amount of radiation is ever increasing. And uh, there is one thing I did notice, and I've been monitoring this, and anyone who actually starts uh, putting the dots together, look at what's going on in the world right now. Look at the attitude of everybody. Look at the rioting, the, uh, the chaos. What's happened in the last few years? More rollouts, more craziness. And if you leave the city, go into a complete and utter dead zone for telecom for a few days, turn around, come back into the city. I will guarantee you will feel the difference. You will feel it uh, physically and mentally. It's a gr great, great point because uh, originally the um, originally you know, some of these frequencies that we were, we were talking about were used for riot control or crowd dispersal, and now they're being integrated into the new cellular antenna networks. So what are we seeing? You know, connecting your dots, um, we're seeing. I'm not going to use the word anarchy because my definition of anarchy is a little different than what the news portrays it as. And I'm not going to go into that, but, um, um, but we're seeing, we're seeing, I would say what equates to a really irritated society, uh, um, an irritated nervous system and, and you're seeing it on a social level and it, it makes me think about the correlation between all of this and the rollout of these new frequencies. I would like to argue that, but I have a hard time. I can't really argue that because I can't pinpoint and say uh, Portland has had X number of cell sites put in. I can't put a fact to it, but I do know that it has been rolled out in many places, uh, including these cities. And also at the same time, this is where riots are happening. If you put two and two together, it is plausible that the nervous system is being irritated. Um, we know, we know for a fact that social media is being manipulated on a regular basis. 
the censorship is just ridiculous. So if you look at there, if there's that much control over censorship, that much control over media content, who says they're not all to the same control over what actually broadcasts the media? I don't know. But it's a question that's definitely worth looking into deeper because if that's what actually puts out the social media and allows it to be broadcast. Yep, yep. And anyways, um, with all that said, there, there are some ways we can we can heal ourselves from the effects of electromagnetic radiation and all types of uh, pollutants and radiation from our body. And something that I was looking at earlier was you know, how we can provide these, these solutions. You know, we can know the information, which is extremely important on, you know, what the, the issues are, the ethics, and have a discussion around it. I think ultimately we need to have we need to provide some solutions and I'd say first you know avoiding it as much as possible if you can get around the cloaked what's the word what's the word you used as the uh, the cloaked one the shrouded shrouded yeah. yeah if you if you know how to get around and see the these shrouded antennas you know get around them but I just want to provide a few solutions that I was able to research earlier. And these are herbal solutions, uh, plant-based solutions. Uh, antioxidants are, in my opinion, the number one solution. Uh, what an what antioxidants do is they they seek out and destroy free radicals in the body, and and also they they repair damaged cells. And the number one, the number one herbal solution for this is something that's known as dragon's blood. It comes from a plant that grows in South America. It's the it's a red sap off of a tree, and it contains the highest antioxidant levels of any of any herb or plant that grows on this planet. And also, astaxanthin, um, which is spelled really weird. Um, clove oil is also uh, an herb that's r really high in antioxidants. Clove, clove, uh, uh, CoQ10, zinc, broccoli seed extract, and vitamin E. But if I had to make one recommendation, I would say, say dragon's blood. Uh, there's a, a certain a certain measurement of antioxidant levels. It's 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 called the ORAC or ORAC, oxygen radical absorbency capacity. And tested, there were hundreds, thousands of plants and foods that were tested for their antioxidant activity. And dragon's blood came in number one. And just just as an example of how powerful it is, is dragon's blood and astaxanthin ranked over two million ORAC, and cranberries were only nine thousand and ninety. Oh, wow! And you know, people say you know you know eat your cranberries, drink your cranberry juice because you need your antioxidants, but people forget about dragon's blood and astaxanthin. And I say one of the most common ones is clove. Clove is a really good antioxidant, high, high on the antioxidant level, uh, antimicrobial and antibacterial. Um, and oregano oil, which is, you know, to go into another story, an antiviral, kills super viruses. So, Anyone looking out? Dragon's blood, astaxanthin, clove, and oregano. Looking for a way to to fight these, fight the effects of these frequencies. Um, of course, zinc as well. But anyways, anyways, we're going to wrap this up here. Mister Scott, thanks for being on today. Ah, oh, thank you.
Mm-hmm. Look forward to our, our next time talking. Um, next time, we might be talking about 6G. <laughs> <laughs> we only hit the tip of the iceberg. This discussion can go on for hours as it is so deep. There is so much to it. Um, definitely, we can chat on this again and how it plays into the rest of the, everything that's going on in the world. Yep. 